reading today is 1 Peter chapter 3 and verses 12 to 22. For the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous and his ears are attentive to their prayer, but the face of the Lord is against those who do evil. Who is going to harm you if you are eager to do good? But even if you should suffer for what is right, you are blessed. Do not fear what they fear. Do not be frightened. But in your heart set apart Christ as Lord. Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. But do this with gentleness and respect, keeping a clear conscience so that those who speak maliciously against your good behaviour in Christ may be ashamed of their slander. It is better, if it's God's will, to suffer for doing good than for doing evil. For Christ died for sins once for all, the righteous for the unrighteous, to bring you to God. He was put to death in the body, but made alive by the Spirit, through whom also he went and preached to the spirits in prison, who disobeyed long ago when God waited patiently in the days of Noah while the ark was being built. In it, only a few people, eight in all, were saved through the water. And this water symbolizes baptism that now saves you also. Not the removal of dirt from the body, but the pledge of a good conscience towards God. It saves you by the resurrection of Jesus Christ, who has gone into heaven and is at God's right hand with angels, authorities and powers in submission to him. Amen. Morning. Let's pray. Gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you and worship you and come to you knowing that you speak to us. And so we pray, Lord, that we might hear, that we might understand that, Lord, you might bring to us what we should know today. Lead us, help us, make us more like our Saviour Jesus and protect me from error, we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Alien blessings is the topic and an alien hope is what they have. We've been saying that the centre of 1 Peter finds itself in chapter 2, verses 11 to 12. Dear friends, I urge you as aliens and strangers in the world to abstain from sinful desires which war against your soul. Live such good lives among the pagans that though they accuse you of doing wrong, they may see your good deeds and glorify God on the day he visits us. It's a, written to a church that needs to live good lives in difficult situations. They are probably Jews who have had to flee many, many years ago when the Jews were persecuted by the Assyrians and the Babylonians. They've been in this exile for hundreds of years. Peter proclaims to them a message of hope and love, and, but it is a message that has brought them probably into some sort of confrontation with others in their community, the others who perhaps have not clung to that message. And Peter wants them to have the hope that will empower them to go on. He wants them to know a wonderful verse 
in verse 15 of chapter 3. I don't know if you do. Maybe you'd like to say, anyone might be a bit embarrassed. Has anyone ever ever done scripture memory? Have you ever memorised scripture at all? There's a few people who have. Here is one of the great memory verses, 1 Peter 3.15. If you've never done it before, do this one. Maybe even this little bit. But in your hearts set apart Christ as Lord. Here is the thing that Peter wants them to have to empower them to face all that they have in front of them. They have some troubles. Psalm 34 is quoted. Whoever would love life and see good days must keep their tongue from evil, their lips from deceitful speech. They must turn from evil and do good. They must seek peace and pursue it. For the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous, but his ears are attentive to their prayer. That is the Psalm 34 being quoted. It's the same psalm that says, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the one who takes refuge in him. It's the psalm that David wrote when he was trying to escape from the Philistines and had. He survived. They were after him. They were going to kill him, and he survived. Psalm 34 is for a people who are facing harm, who are facing a tough time as he faced it. Peter wants them to know that as they face these things, they are to set apart Christ in their hearts. But in your hearts, set apart Christ as Lord. I'm going to ask you a question. What does that mean? What does it mean to set apart Christ in your hearts as Lord? What do you think? Make him special. Make him a priority. Yeah. Yes, the set apart, sanctify is the same idea. We had a lot of sanctifying going up in the children's store. Justification, sanctification. What do we mean? This is what, here it is. All these answers have been good. Someone else? Where scripture wants and desires to put Christ in his desires. Good answer too. It's a living reality that Peter wants them to embrace and to have set apart Christ as Lord in your hearts, and it will empower you. It will empower you to face the tough times that you are facing. All over the world, Christians are facing tough times. Right now, uh, Afghani Christians are living in great fear. They're usually, I think, have had to leave their homes right now. Right now, Peter would be saying to them, Set apart Christ as Lord in your hearts. You're going to need that certainty and that hope, that vibrancy that comes from God's spirit as he 
tells you and helps you and leads you through tough times. A great memory verse. It's an attitude, as we've said, all those things we said, setting apart, sanctifying Christ as Lord in your hearts. Here is the God who has come for you. Here is the God who has sent his son, Jesus, to die for you. Here is the hope that you have. What a blessing. The blessing of Christ in our hearts. It's actually unusual. It's unusual in our world. It makes you an alien and a stranger in one sense. He says, set your hearts upon Christ as Lord. Always be prepared to give an answer. That's why. Because it is unusual. Be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks for the reason for the hope that you have. If you are facing a tough time, set apart Christ as Lord. If you want to not repay evil with evil, but evil with blessing, set apart Christ as Lord. If you want to answer, what is the reason you have? You can do so because you have Christ as Lord in your hearts. Now, we do all sorts of training, don't we, about those sort of answers. But in the end, those training and those answers aren't quite as important as what's in your heart. When Christ is in your heart, when you have put him as your cherished desire, the thing that you live for, the joy of your life, it comes out. So whether you think you've got a good answer or can give a good answer or know all the answers, it really doesn't matter. Peter wants you to set apart Christ as Lord because that will enable you to answer. You do it with gentleness and respect, and we've always met people who haven't done that, have you? It's not easy. I've been that person. Who respects everyone? I don't think I always have. Have I been gentle? I doubt it. Peter wants to make sure that I am. And how do I do that? By setting apart Christ as Lord in my hearts. He is the one who helps me to persevere and do good. He is the one who fuels me to stand up under pressure, to not repay evil with evil. So easy, isn't it? My heart is that way. I don't know about you. You're probably very nice, not like me. But when someone does evil, I don't want to say bless you. It's not natural to me, is it? It's probably natural to you, Bill. You're a nice guy. <laughs> Jesus says, well, the only way to do it, Peter's telling us, the only way to do it is having Christ in us. That's the only way I can respond any good. That's the only way I can be gentle. It's the only way I can be respectful. It's a different way. It's a strange way. But he wants us to know Christ set apart in our hearts because that's what's going to empower us to live. It's a simple message. It's a great verse. You want to know a verse? Know that one. You know, if someone asks you a question and you don't know, don't be afraid of that. 
I don't know that question. I can get back to you with the answer once I find out what it is. But what you can do is give a reason for the hope that you have because Christ is here. And Christ has come and he has brought life to you. He has brought life to you for he died for you. That's the other thing. We have alien Lord who suffered for us. Learn from him. For Christ, verse 18, Christ died for sins once for all, the righteous for the unrighteous, to bring you to God. He was put in death in the body but made alive by the spirit. We know that verse. We should love that verse. There's another verse. If you want as a memory verse, and if you've done memory verses, you might know that verse. Here is Jesus who thought nothing of suffering for us, who thought nothing of suffering death for us. Why? Because he was going to bring you to God. Set apart Christ as Lord in your hearts, the God who has brought you life, the God who has brought you to God. Crocodile Dundee, do you remember that movie? Gee, it's a long time ago. Who was in that movie? What's his name? It's so long ago. Who? Oh, Paul Hogan. Right, that's it. He once said, uh, he was, I remember that everyone loved quoting it and I'm quoting it now. I reckon me and God, we'd be mates. Remember that? Uh, 1 Peter 3.15 is pretty much saying the opposite. In the end, we weren't mates. We're nothing like him. We're alien to God. And he wants to make us his aliens. Instead, we're rebels, but God came in the person of Jesus to bring us back from death to life, to provide for us sin forgiveness and his life for us. It's a declaration of great love and forgiveness at the heart of who God is, and that's what we have in our hearts. Set apart this Christ who loved us with an everlasting love. Set apart. Set apart him who went through all things and his spirit is alive with us and raised us to new life. Verse 21, they have an alien resurrection. It saves you by the resurrection of Jesus. Now, before I get to that, we've read the whole thing about Noah. And this verse is misunderstood and wrongly translated. Sorry about that. In this version that you have in your hand. So it translates it. Uh, where is it again? I've lost it. It translated as he was put to death and body. He was made alive through the spirit, through whom he also went and preached. So to the spirits in prison. That makes it sound like Jesus went to hell and preached to people who were there. That isn't right and that's not how it should be. Rather, it should be translated uh, something like, but made alive with the spirit in which also he went and made proclamation to the imprisoned spirits. Who are the spirits in prison? Let me answer. One, 
Their translation, as we said, is wrong. Peter is writing about those who are waiting for the time of judgment. They are people that were a part of the world in the flood, at the flood time, who were judged in the flood. What did Christ preach? Well, we know from 1, verse 10 to 11, the prophets spoke about Christ, the spirit of Christ, whom was pointing towards Christ and his glory that would follow. So what Peter is saying is that as Noah preached, he takes it that Christ's spirit was alive in that proclamation. And what does Christ's spirit point to? We know what God's, the spirit of God points to. He points to Jesus. That's his simple point. What was being preached, it was salvation, salvation that would come in ultimately in Jesus. When did Christ preach? He's saying he spoke in the days of Noah by Noah. The spirit of Christ was in Noah as he preached. He's not talking about some hell that Jesus went to and then talked to those people. He's just saying, here they are. This is the same spirit who made Jesus alive, the same spirit who has always been declared, even in the days before Noah. This same spirit is in you and has made you alive in Christ, that you would have life. Here is our assurance, our great alien hope of forgiveness. We are forgiven because Jesus rose. He rose by his spirit. We have him in our hearts, set apart Christ in your hearts, that you might know life, that you would have hope, that you would be able to face difficult times, that you would be able to speak in difficult situations, difficult words, but give the hope that you have in gentleness and respect, set apart Christ in your hearts, sanctify him, love him, because he's forgiven you, raised you to new life and will always be with you. In your hearts, set apart Christ as Lord. Let's pray. Gracious Father, we have a wonderful blessing. It is ours. It is to know you. It is to have you. It is to have you in our hearts, empowering our lives, directing our speech, giving us hope, leading us in life, helping us in all situations. Father, we pray you would help us to do these things. We pray that we would really taste and see that you are good. We pray that we would live those words from Psalm 34, that we would be blessed because we have taken refuge in you. What a great blessing has been poured out on us, Father. What a great hope we have because it's been your good, gracious love to give us that hope. What a great salvation we enjoy because of your unending and never-ceasing love. Grace, Father, we ask that you would lead us, change us, give us words, give us life, help us in our attitudes, help us to repay blessing when we, are, when we get evil. Help us to be people who speak always of you in truthful ways, maybe not cleverly, 
but we pray that you out of the words of our hearts would flow out of our mouths, that people might know the hope that we have. Help us, we pray, to set apart our great Lord and Saviour. In Jesus' name, amen.